Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. This episode brought to you by Sad Sack Used Cars. That's it. Just It's just sad. They're all lemons. No, as always, it's brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the great community at r slash fantasy MLS on Reddit. Have a nice little episode today where we're going to review game week one to help you get ready for round two. So joining me as always, some great minds. I have with me Simon, of course, our tech guru. Hi, y'all. And again, after one week off, we have Travis. Hey, what's up, Reed? And coming back, we have Scott. How's everyone doing tonight? And our great stats man, Jason. Hey, everyone. So, guys, I guess the first thing I want to go over is how did your teams do this week? That about sums it up, I think. Everyone did okay. <laughs> you know, I think I think we all uh, ended up right around that, what, 60 to 70 range right there. A couple uh, hit or miss. I just want to make sure everybody doesn't, doesn't freak out, you know, if you... This week, and no one celebrates too much because it was, it was kind of a different week. Definitely. Even if you scored in the 50-point range, don't worry. You don't need to panic. Again, put your towel over your head. No one can see you. It's it's a long game, and you've got plenty of time to recover from this. Two free trades every week. Come on, you can do that. Yeah, my team was incredibly mediocre this week. I had 70 points. My uh, It was amazing. My My goalkeeper and my midfielders did horribly. And my defenders and my forwards did excellent. So it was just all in straight lines. Yeah, my only complaint is, is Pedro Morales. Everyone and their dog was hoping for more, and I was one of them. So. Oh, he was my captain. Yep. Yeah, you know, I have a rule about that where I, if there's like a clear captain choice, like far and away clap captain choice, I don't pick that guy. I just pick someone else. I started that rule last year, and it served me well throughout the entire year, and I just abandoned it this year, and I, I chose PM and... It hurt. <laughs> Did we all to, to go by my rule of don't pick who I'm picking and you <laughs> do well. Did so we... if, I, if I publish out who I'm going to pay every week? Did um, we all captain and Pedro then, Morales? And then pick someone else. Maybe I'll do okay. I was I was pleased. I did switch from Pedro Morales to to Robbie Keane, so I got that one goal. And I know people got more points than Robbie Keane, but in my book, if your captain scores, it's a good captain. Yes. So moving on, I want to make sure that everyone knows that we are on iTunes now, so be sure to go there and and favorite and subscribe and review. It's great. It helps other people find it. And then, Simon, we've been getting a lot of questions about Stitcher. Are we still working on that? Yeah, still working on Stitcher. It's a teeny bit of a process. We should be up there soon, but for now... Uh, I would like to encourage people, go listen on iTunes. Um, iTunes is really easy. I know sometimes people have the Apple aversion or whatever, but it really, really helps us if you hit subscribe and give us a nice rating on iTunes. That helps the show be more visible. And even if you're uh, ultimately planning to listen on something like Stitcher, still, subscribe, give us a nice rating. That'd be great. Excellent. So enough chat. You guys have all come. 
to hear about tips for round two. How can you even how can you either recover, how can you maintain your steam, or just, you know, you're gonna reset and you want to know where to start from. So we're gonna go down through everything based on the four positions. So that each guy is going to give you some feedback who they think is a good player that you might want to keep an eye out for your team. This is not a definitive list, so be sure to check back at MLS Soccer for all the great expert tips that are going to happen, and back at Fantasy Boss just to see what develops throughout the whole week. It's a long week. You don't have to make your trades just yet. And remember, I'll put a link to these on the post at Fantasy Boss. The injury report and the suspension report had a lot of both during this first round, so you're going to want to keep an eye on that before you do make your trades. So jumping right into it, uh, you already mentioned it, Travis Keepers. Who do you like? Uh, I'm going to have to be a homer go with Tyler Derrick. He had an outstanding first week, and we're at home again against Orlando City, who looked a little bit lost. I mean, they got a goal, but it was on a deflected free kick, and uh, Houston kind of bossed around Orlando in preseason. So uh, Tyler Derrick, I think he's going to get another clean sheet this weekend. I would tend to agree. Tyler Derrick is a really good choice if you already have him. Um, using a transfer on a keeper seems a little bit difficult to me. Whoever you've got is probably fine. I still don't see uh, defense in keepers. I know they had good weeks this week, but I don't really like them that much overall. So unless you've got someone that's just awful, I don't really see a reason to use a transfer. Um, Derek's really nice, though, for the price. Yeah, I mean, if you've got someone uh, already and you feel like they're not going to completely be horrible, then I'd say keep them and use your transfer somewhere else. But if you've yeah. got two keepers that are starting and Tyler's one of them, I'd pick him. Yeah, there's going to be some people that had their keepers last week that are on a buy, though. So they're going to need to transfer in somebody. I think um, Nick Romando is always steady. He's got a home game versus Philly, who... I don't know what was going on in Philly. Didn't quite click um, this week. So you know, and then going up in the at the altitude, and it's probably going to be a little bit cold up there. So I think that'll be a tough game for Philly. Um, who else did good? Um, I got nothing. You can cut that part. Ramondo seems like a good choice. The only thing to be, I totally agree with you on that, Scott. This week seems like a really good one-off for him. The only thing though is that RSL has a week three bye, so. If you don't have another keeper on your roster, you'll have to use another transfer next week to get rid of Ramondo and get someone else. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for someone cheap, I think Irwin did look pretty good in goal, too. I think he got decent recovery yeah, numbers. they're on a buy this week, aren't they? Yeah, Colorado's yeah just to keep an eye in the, in, the, in the future. If you're looking for someone cheap, planning ahead. Yes. So we got lots of good th- options. Go, go ahead, Jason. So I would just say, if you had ousted this week, don't panic yet. I mean, if you have no other trades to do, then maybe look for an out. But, you know, focus elsewhere on fixing your team. If you know, Give them another week to see how it goes. I'm trying not to panic. <laughs> it's been very yeah, two is bad. Two is not what I expected from him. You read my mind, Jason. I was actually going to ask you what you thought about Alstead because we've had a lot of questions about that. So excellent, excellent answer. So moving on, we'll start with you this time, Jason. Defenders, a lot of cards, a lot of new faces. Who's a standout for you? Um, I like Apara. I think one of you guys pointed him out last week, and I put him on my team, and I'm pretty happy about that. Um, Lloyd, 
I think did pretty well. You know, especially if you don't want to spend a lot of money. I mean, I got Gonzalez on my team who is great, but for you know spending that amount of cash, I could probably put it at better use elsewhere. So I think both Lloyd and Opara had good uh, bonus points. There was a lot of clean sheets, so it was kind of hard to to judge the defenders this week. Um, I know DC defenders look really good. Be careful before you go picking them up because they're on a buy next week. Uh, Schoberg showed good. He had good uh, good CBI numbers. Uh, Olave had really good CBI numbers for RSL. And again, going back to that matchup coming up this week, he might be he might be one worth the money. Opara did kill me because Reed had him and ended up crushing me in our head to head. So that hurt. Woot woot. Opara and Ka connection. Yeah, you know, I'd like to point out that I would have had Kaka if somebody didn't tell me not to take him. No, not Kaka, Ka. No, I know you said Ka, but I was going <laughs> to have Kaka, and somebody's like, no, get Diaz. Much better, much better. I said, okay, I'll listen to you, Reed. It was, <laughs> stay, save that for the next section. You can start <laughs> it out. We're talking about defenders right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I was defending your loss. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you mentioned some of the the cheap players there at Colorado. Do you guys think with that red card we're going to see some more rotations or we're going to get some more cheap options for, I guess, after round two, some some good value there? No. And, and, you know, I think that's one of those ones where you have to wait and see. you gotta you got to give them a little time to, to go. And the nice thing is they're cheap, so even if they rise a point or two, you know, they're not out of your range still. I'm going to yeah, argue, argue no on the Colorado defenders. Um just to take kind of a harsh standpoint, I know they got a clean sheet this week, but that team is always always having defenders from teams that are a little bit sketchy is probably not the greatest thing. And I tended to, at least just my view of this weekend's game, is that the reason they kept a clean sheet wasn't their own defensive prowess. It was more the ineptitude of their opposition. So it's just something to be cautious about. Uh, sorry, Randy Philly listeners. Yeah, I agree with that, but at four point well, he's four point six now. I mean, just having him on the bench as an extra option, uh, or I'm talking about Stoberg or however you pronounce Axel. Hoberg. Yeah, such a great name, Axel. <laughs> he had eighteen CBIs. So even if they don't get a clean sheet, if he's on your bench and is only costing you six more than the minimum, uh, six tenths more than the minimum uh, amount, you have to bring him in, and he gets three, four points maybe. He's not going to go down in value unless they just get walloped and get four scored on him. All right, and, and that's the beauty of this new system. That is, if he is on your bench and he keeps playing, Colorado keeps getting some points. He's going to keep going up in value as long as he's above the average. And when he does stop playing, if he does, you can just sell him and you bank all that money. Yeah, he's just a cheap extra option for me. Yeah, he works. Kid's tall, too. He's a, he's a, he's a threat on set pieces. I kind of wish he'd have been um, automatically substituted in because he scored more than half my team. <laughs> That's right. I, I did see him on a lot of people's benches. But now... Scott, you already kind of got a little jump start into this for our midfielders. A lot of action there. I know with Kaká and Via, there was a couple of questionable things that happened to that game. The great deflection that took away the assist and the questionable own goal. I've been getting tweets about it all all day. So kick us off. What are your top midfielders? 
Top mid midfielders is a hard one. It wasn't a good week for midfielders, really, except for uh, Dempsey. And and Fellharbor had a really good week. I didn't catch the game, but his numbers are out of the world. Was it like three defensive bonus and two offensive bonus or the other way around, something like that? I watched that. It was back and forth all day. I, I'm not surprised. People in a bit more defensive role got got some good points out of that. Yeah, so, I mean, Dempsey was just on fire. I mean, I think he's he's got a buy in week three coming up, but I, I think the way that him and Martins are working together, you gotta you got to have him for this upcoming week. Um, Mix was on my team. And I was I was I was happy with him. He did a good job, got some bonus points. So even without the goal, he still would have would have turned out pretty well. Um, Kaka, he got the one goal as a deflection. It's a lot of money. I wouldn't say I'm like I gotta go have that guy. Um, but yeah, there it, it was just slim pickings for for midfielders this week. I think. Well, let's expand it then. What are some midfielders that may have let you down, but you still think are promising enough to keep on your team or to bring in for the round two? You know, that's what's interesting about my whole entire uh, team is that I wasn't really dissatisfied with anybody on my team. Everyone did okay. Everyone showed kind of what I expected them to. Goals are going to come. Assists are going to happen. You can't really pick what week they're going to happen in. Um, I don't think I was overly disappointed by anyone. Um, I think Sam looked really sharp um, from New York who I didn't have. So if I was looking for a cheaper option, that might have been someone I brought in. But I can't say on my team that there's anybody... That that I just felt like I've got to get rid of. Castillo let me down with a three, but I'm you know I think he'll both him and Diaz will you know be great point scorers. So yeah, I was just about to say uh, FC Dallas has a good matchup coming up at home against Kansas City without Besler. Something huge. Anybody else has popped up those cheap people that were disappointing? What about Villarreal coming in there like a champ? Not my favorite midfielder out of LA. Ishizaki looked really really good. And even though Villarreal uh, scored more points, I think Ishizaki looked better. Who has a higher ceiling? That's that's what Eternal always says, who has the higher ceiling. It's very important to keep in mind. So speaking of high ceilings, Josie Altador, geez, racking it up. What do you guys think about the forwards coming up for this next round? So I guess I'll start us off on this one. Josie, uh, nice week, although kind of um, his score maybe ballooned a little bit by that late penalty that he earned and took and maybe wouldn't have took if Jovenko was still in the game. But uh, pretty obvious that Josie can score goals in fantasy now. And if you have if you have him, that's great. If you don't, um, you could pick him up, but then he'll have a bye in week three, and he's on the road again this week. So I don't actually think Josie's that great of a bye. He's on the road for the next 10. Like <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was not impressed with how RSL played. It, it was basically Nick Raimondo versus Portland. So I I could see an argument being made to pick up Josie for maybe rounds three and four and then just trading him out again for the buy or just working that with a, the sub. Well, Josie is off for round three. And then... Right. Um, do you think he's going to get called up for national team uh, duty? Oh, I'm sorry, I, I looked at my chart and I forgot to change the rounds. So, so yeah, those are those are all very very good points, and I completely blurbed that by looking at the wrong chart. But uh, those those two rounds for Toronto in between their two buys, I, I think could be good games for Toronto in general. So if you're looking for some Toronto players, then that I think is a good time to go for it. That's that's four and five with a buy and six and yeah and three. So there we go. 
Anybody else, guys? Come on, Keen. We had we had Oba. What about some of these new new people? Um, David Via. Yeah, I was about to say Via had like kind of a disappointing week just because he basically got none of the ball in that New York Orlando game. But you know they're going to be at home. They're going to have their home opener. And at ten million, I still think Via is one of the best buys in fantasy. Uh, just because he's going to get some opportunities. And you've got to think that he will see much more of the ball when he's at home, not in front of 62,000 people in Orlando, and kind of just having that team basically, you know, not have much of the ball the entire game. It's, you can't think it's going to stay with that, stay that way uh, with a Jason Christ coach team. So I wouldn't be too scared off by Via. Well, yeah, and and after that uh, matchup at home, they play at Colorado and then at home against Kansas City. So those are potentially two pretty decent uh, opponents before they're by in Week 5. Keane's a big name. Everyone had Keane. He he looked like he was angry that he had to play, I think. I don't know. It was just my take on it. He didn't didn't see, like, his chipper self. (laughs) You know, he, he didn't have that little... Crooked smile on his face when he was arguing with the refs. Or... He misses Landy Cakes. No flip after he scored. It seems like all the fun is gone. I don't know. Passion. It's passion. <laughs> yeah, the he, there, there was a bit of a flip after the score, but it was more of a flip off than it was a <laughs> yeah. oh, different kind of flip. <laughs> yeah, he did a little something there. Um, but I, I didn't have him, and you know everyone was making fun of me, but you know I ended up turning out fine because Rivero did his job, got a goal, looked really good, um, looks like a good option going forward, and Martins did his job. You know Martins and Dempsey, they they just own that game, and a lot of people are saying, oh well, it's a it's a depleted New York or New England Revolution team, but I just like to point out that that is basically the same team that just whooped Seattle last year five to nothing. You know they didn't have JJ when they did that to Seattle, so. Um, you know, don't discount it too much. And they got a nice matchup coming up this week. Who do they play? San Jose. Yeah, at home, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the Sounders players this week. Um, I don't know, though, if I'd want to pick them up. Just because, again, they've got a bye in week three. And the bye schedule at the beginning of the year, it's like it's – I think it's great if you already had Martins and Dempsey. But since they're so expensive, that's basically saying, okay, I want to use – Two free transfers, one this week to bring one in and one next week to ship one out because you can't have that much dead money uh, sitting for a week. And is it really worth it for a one-week score over whoever you've got? Maybe. I mean, they'll probably both score boatloads of points again this week, but you just kind of got to weigh the benefits and the costs. Well, if you didn't have them, you already lost two points, and if you wait another week, you might lose another two points. I wouldn't say pick up both. But I would pick up one. So that's a lot of good advice. And just so everyone knows, these are just some quick initial reactions. Be sure to come back to MLS Fancy Boss and to the Reddit forum. There'll be lots of discussion, a lot more players getting mentioned. And I'll have an article up in the next coming days that sort of breaks things down. Even further to help you find the picks that you need. So now we're going to get to 
one of my favorite sections, I think. I think a lot of guys feel this way. This is the community time. We're going to answer your questions and just talk about the things that matter to you the most, the great listeners. So our first question comes from some cruise dude. And just so you know, I've had to record this spot four times because I keep butchering it. So I'm just going to paraphrase it. He says that week one was really great for center backs and defenses and not so much for forwards and midfielders. So do we think that's going to be changing in the coming weeks? Well, he said forwards and strikers. He did say forwards and strikers, but I threw in midfielders there too because they had an average week. Yeah, you know, I think actually midfielders did worse than strikers this week. A lot worse. Um, to answer the question, though, um, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think it's too early to know, honestly. I mean, we've only gotten one round worth of information. I think uh, the new teams are still trying to sort things out. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, now that they're not playing each other, maybe they're going to get some goals scored on them. We don't know. I'll take a more definitive position on that. Uh, well, I yeah, I don't think that center backs and defenses are going to continue to do so well. Um, if you watched a lot of the games this week, it wasn't so much that there was a lack of opportunities. To me, it just looks like a lot of rust from midfielders and and forwards. Um, and that'll shake off in the next couple of weeks, and they'll start putting chances away. And I think that really, if you watched a lot of the games this week, it, you saw that the clean sheets weren't from great defense. They were from failures on the part of offenses to kind of click and be ready. And I think that's generally just a typical thing at the start of, especially the MLS season, and we didn't see that last year, and that was kind of an anomaly, but I'm sure there's going to be more goals starting to be scored. Yeah, yeah I agree. MLS way. They don't spend a whole lot of money on defenses, and when you're going to sign out a DP, you're going to get a midfielder or a striker. Um, goals will come. Exactly. Yeah, I think the attack will be wrecking it soon, but I think there'll be a couple times throughout the I think the, the defense will be a wreck soon. <laughs> Shut up. Too good, Scott. All right, well, this next question I want you to, to go for, Scott, since you were part of the, the 101 podcast. So please explain. This is for Baba Cristo from, from Reddit. How do midweek transfers work, and are they not locked until the deadline? Is it better to wait until the end of the week to make them? Uh, midweek transfers, I guess, are now opening. Does anyone know what time they open on Monday? 9 a.m. Eastern, 9 I think. All right, 9 a.m. Eastern on Monday, you're able to start making your transfers for the next week's games. They're going to lock um, at the posted start time of the first game of the week, so that's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern on March 13th this week. So you got to make sure you have them in before then. Um, better to wait. Yeah, there's actually no re no reason to to make transfers early this year because of the the new pricing structure. Last year you could pick early and you could get you don't know, catch somebody on a point three rise, whereas this this year they're already going to be risen before you can even get them. So I say wait. You know, don't wait too long to the point where you forget or aren't able to get back home in time to make your transfer. Maybe Thursday night type thing. Um, but wait because there's always midweek injuries there's always more information on injuries that comes out through the week so get all the information you can make as best decision as possible and the only way you can do that is waiting so one thing I would say is when I read are they not locked in until the deadline I'm not sure if he's saying if he makes a trade are those trades locked in immediately mm -hmm. or is he until the deadline the answer to that would be if you do make a trade that's it right 
you can't right, back out of yeah. it. So. I'm, but I'm well, I imagine you could trade the guy again, but then you're going to be using another transfer, right. I guess. So right. there's there's no undo feature. Yeah, it's it's not like the preseason, if that's what the question means. You can't at this point you can't just make trades and trade that dude as many times as you want. Now every time you hit make a trade, it's going to count against you. So either taking away your free transfers or hitting you up as a negative four for for taking an extra transfer. Excellent. So I think. Jason and Travis, you guys would be good at answering this since you're both really great with stats and making charts. So from from Steve, your your Reddit name seems a little suspect to me, so I'm just going to go with Steve right now. Uh, should I keep a low-cost player that is not going to get time so that I do not risk losing money, or should I transfer for another low-cost low crappy player that might get playing time and hope that his value increases? Well, if he's not getting time, you're not going to lose money. You can't lose value unless you played 45 minutes. So that kind of locks them from dropping. Well, red card, I guess they could play for five minutes and get a red card. But <laughs> Very true. It. I mean, for me, if I have the option between a 4.0 defender that's never going to see the field but maybe like one minute at the end of stoppage time in a Seattle game, or a guy that's 4.5 and winds up playing 90 or, or gets called in at the last 15 minutes, uh, I'm going to pick the 4.5 guy because if one of my guys suddenly doesn't get put in the starting 11, gets injured or sick at the last minute, I've got something to fall back to to get a point or two more than the zero I would get if, I mean, I'm not going to start him, but if I've got someone on the bench that I think may get a couple points, uh, he's probably not going to see enough time to drop in value. But, I mean, as long as he's not playing more than 45 minutes. And I think his question also mentions for, for players like, like Ramos, who did not do well with, with Orlando, who was practically non-assistant there, got two points, and he dropped. So would, would it have been better to go with a 4.5 that was just never going to play to keep your 4.5? Well, if it's a low-cost, crappy player <clears throat> on a crappy team that's seeing 90 minutes every game, then yeah, I probably wouldn't keep him. Unless he's picking up uh, consistent defensive bonus points. Uh, enough to where he's going to at least keep himself in the three or four point range and keep him out of getting uh, value decrease. All right, maybe like someone like Dia, who seems to be a popular pick for some of you guys. Yeah, but questionable coming up, so may want to keep an eye on him before you roll that dice again. So the, the next question, I think we covered the first part of this already, and we're all in agreement. So should people be blowing up their teams after the first week? I, I think our consensus is no, that don't, don't overreact, keep calm, and, and just, just use your trades wisely. But the second part, if so, what are the signs that it might be time to wildcard? So let's just look, focus on that part. What are signs for you guys that it's time to wildcard? If you have eight players on a buy this week. Yeah. Yep. If you are not going to be able to field anything close to a full team, after the first week, you do not need to wild card. Definitely. You you would have had to have four or more players not play. And 
even then, it might just be worth taking a minus eight instead of using your wild card. So, you know, no, I'm gonna I take a step because there are there are first year players and there are some people who went out there and they you know thought that everybody on their entire team had to you know had to be a had to be a player you know had to be on the field and you know getting minutes so they they spread themselves really thin and they they didn't necessarily get some of the big name players if you're in that situation you might want to look at it. i mean now you've been through the game you kind of see how the points go if you need to blow it up now blow it up now you still got a chance for the year you know there's going to be five free transfers later on it's not like you're going to be stuck forever so if you if you realize the mistake and it's big enough and your money spread way out Blow it up. Go ahead and pick again. You got a little bit more information than us, and like I said, you still got four free transfer weeks coming up. Yeah, it's a good point. It's it's all for fun. So yeah, if you do feel like you want to use it, go ahead. If you're just playing with some friends, doesn't really matter, I guess. You're gonna get four more wild cards for free during the season, so just remember that. Personally, I'm kind of looking around that week 18 through 20ish area when the Gold Cup happens to save my wild card for, but it's all up to you individual play style. Yeah, I think I'm looking at 25 and 26, where you have like four double games in week 25, and then I want to shift it up for 26, and then you get a free um, way out of that with free transfers the next round. Yeah, excellent. So that, that last question and this next question both came from Easterly Fan on Reddit, and I like this, this last one. I think it covers a lot of what people are thinking. Is Dempsey-Martin, is that combination safe to pick? Is that a must-have combination, or are there other combinations that are starting to emerge that, that people should consider? I think they're the best combo, but I would wait till after the bye week to pick them up if you don't already have them personally, but they're, they're going to be great all year. I can't see any way they're not going to be. So, And I'm not bitter just because of the game yesterday. <laughs> not mad. I exactly agree with that. I, as I think I've said this already once, I just think it's a lot of transfer using to pick up one of those guys this week. And you know there's always the chance that they will not go off as much as they did uh, this first week because, honestly, both of those performances are pretty much their ceilings. They could do a teeny tiny bit better, but there were, I I don't know, I I would not necessarily pick them up right now if you don't already have them. Although, again, after they're by, you have to have at least one. All right, the second part of your question was, are people saying that Altidore or Javanko will be the Dempsey Martins of the East to preliminary? Um, I don't think I've heard anyone say that, but I think that they did both look good. Um, the 10 on the road games is going to be hard, but both of those guys looked um, they looked ready to ball, so they're definitely someone to watch. I mean, I think Jovenko actually made me think, you know, maybe that 10 weeks on the road isn't such a bad thing. He might be worth it. Yeah. And so the quick tie-in that comes from the New Pacific to that first part of the question, I don't have Dempsey in my squad. Should I put Dempsey in my squad? Simple yes or no from all of you. I would say not yet. Give it a serious look. I would say that, um, you know, it is a lot of transfers. You know, what Simon said makes sense, but... If you if you already need to get rid of somebody that that, that didn't pan out, then he's he's somebody that you can pick up. And if you don't have somewhere else to use those transfers, that that's not a bad way to use it. I'm thinking I might get him, but I've got an extra transfer to spend. And I will say definitely not. Simon, do you already have Dumpsey? Nope. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. I, I figured you just had him and you wanted as little people as possible to have him for next week. I was no, it was a pretty, pretty conscious choice at the start of the season that I thought he was going to score some points. I didn't think he was going to score 18 the first week, 
but I uh, thought he would get some decent points the first two weeks, but nothing as crazy as he did. And so say, hey, I'm going to sit off of him for the first two weeks and then pick him up after the bye. And it hasn't worked out quite as well, but I do think it's not really worth diverting from that strategy. I want to point out that my girlfriend not only had him, she had him captained and she whooped all our asses last Ooh. week. She dropped like 90 points and she's like, yeah, I captained him because he's like a country and western rapper. <laughs> hey, whatever works for you. Uh, so this next question, I, I think you made some charts for this one, Jason, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, but the question comes from uh, GJA, is there is there a way I'm, I'm butchering that, that name? GJA1996. Uh, given that a red card can lead to an immediate .4 drop in value, should we try to avoid center backs to minimize that risk? My thought is don't worry about it. Um, last year there were 39 red cards for defenders and 32 for midfielders. It's not that much more. Only three players actually got, or three defenders got two red cards. Uh, Hernandez, Hagland, and Colin, and Colin's already got one, so you know he's good for a while probably. So I would say don't worry about it. It's not a big to, deal. I want to clear one thing up. Though. It's not an immediate four-point drop or point four drop, is it? It's just an immediate point two drop. Now, if that puts your score down low enough, you could drop another point two, but it's not immediate point four. Correct. Excellent. So the question that came from Dark Cam Seven about Huberg, I think we already covered that one. And then, so our, our last question in the question and answer section is something we touched on last week, but we can hit it again. Is having four players from a certain team going to be an issue? What if that team is L.A.? Less of an issue? For me, I think if it's L.A., it's less of an issue because they don't really have a buy for a while. Um, and they're looking pretty good to start the season. Um, if it's not L.A., then I'm not so sure. If it's not LA, it better be Seattle. Yes, probably should be Seattle because putting all your eggs in one basket this early in the season can either work really, really well for you or really, really not well for you. Yeah, I usually do it during double weeks where I really feel good about the matchups. Other than that, I try to avoid it. And I feel like Scott and I have a little egg at our face right now because both of us were high on Vancouver and Dallas before the week started. I know at, at different points, I think both of us each had four of one of those teams' players or the other in our lineups, and they did not really produce. So, yeah, definitely a risk. Yeah, I backed down a little bit. I, it scared me too much having the two Vancouver defenders, so I, I transferred goalies out. I did roll with three, and I, you know, I'm still happy with three of them, all three of them. Excellent. Well, that ends the question and answer section. Uh, remember, each week I will try to make a post. Uh, well, I will make a post at Reddit, the r slash fantasy MLS subreddit there for the questions. And of course, you guys can always tweet me at MLSFI or at MLS Fantasy Boss or these guys. If you tweet any of the guys who are going to be on the show, I'm sure they'll get the question to us to to ask it. So I do want to highlight our league, the r slash fantasy MLS league. One of the biggest leagues in the game. Over 1,700 players. Can you guys believe that? Nice. I believe it. It is crazy. I want to know why isn't it 22,000? I, I don't know. That we just we need to work on being being seen more. But that does mean we are. Well, it is a podcast. We probably should be heard more. Yeah, you're true. It's a podcast. But we get a video thing going. That maybe we'll have to get haircuts and and wear nice shirts. Let's just put Simon's picture up there. 
We could. That's right. <laughs> but uh, so since we have over 750, we are in the running for the MLS $200 gift card. Uh, last year they just they had to see how many teams that were there. It looks like it's going to go for every team with over 750 this year. But that's that's definitely something that could happen. And I'm in the process of getting some prizes going. I'm going to have some scarves, I think, and then I'm working on getting some neat little maybe some gamer items that might that might appeal to some of you FIFA fans out there. So stay tuned. There'll be more on that. I want to give a shout out to Connecticut Wolves, who was the number one player in the r slash fantasy MLS league this week with 103 points, laying it down. One of the highest for the whole game, I think. And then I also, as the last few weeks, want to mention some funny names that I enjoyed as I was browsing through the ranks. Occam, let's see, I guess uh, it's a, a came, a, a saw, a conquered. And I liked it. And it's but a calm. It's a calm. A calm, a saw, a conquered. Can we get that Boston voice there, Jason? Can you, can you do it better with that? I'm not from Boston. I'm from Utah, so no. Well, you're living in Boston, so you should be able to do something. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> uh, the next one I really enjoyed was Don to the Dwyer. And I like that. And just to give a shout-out to the Reddit community, there was Narwhal FC. Nice. It bacons. It bacons so much. So that's all I have. What about you guys? Uh, I feel like we kind of stumbled through our first little update one. I promise we'll do better in the coming ones, but I hope you guys found it found it useful. Yeah, we recorded this really late, so we were all like a little off our game, I think. So I apologize, listeners. So just remember that if you want to join the r slash fantasy MLS league, you still can. Nothing's locked yet. Just go down to that section of Reddit, and in the top there's a links tab, and you can join right there. You can also join the MLS Fantasy Boss League. It has enough players, so we should at least get a prize from MLS. And I might try to get some sort of certificate or work up a plaque or something I can send you a picture of because it's this is all my money, so I only have, only have so much that I can do. Um, but yeah, we hope you're having fun so far with round one, that you're not discouraged, that, that you're just getting engaged, learning more about MLS, enjoying the game. Join one of the communities. doesn't have to be ours. There's some popping up all over the internet. And uh, yeah, just, just have fun. And thank you, all of you guys who joined me tonight.